It is time for Children's Church. Who is in charge of Children's Church this morning? Who? Miss Virginia. <laughs> Miss Virginia is in charge of Children's Church. Y'all follow Miss Virginia to my left and to your right. Y'all be good for her. Okay, Miss Virginia. Those of you who are staying, please turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms. Last week, we came to understand that God saved each and every person who was called upon the name, his name from and for something. We've all been called from something and for something. We, we looked at the, the four of the 12 men that Jesus has called to be in his inner circle, and we learned that Jesus saved them from themselves, that he took them from who they were and made them who he needed them to be. We learned that Jesus saved them for a reason, a very particular reason, to serve him. Church, we saw in Scripture where Jesus did not abandon these men when they failed the test of faith. Jesus knew who they were, even better yet, he knows who they would be. We also learned that, that Jesus knows us the very same way he knew, the, he knew those men. He, he saved us from something and for something, and we need to find ourselves where he intends us to be. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Now, as today is Father's Day, I want us to focus on what God wants you as a father to be. Now, I, I'm sure that those of you who are in here and those of you who are probably under the sound of my voice, you probably prayed that prayer. God, help me to be the dad that you want me to be. Help, help me, Lord God, to be what my children need to see. I mean, we probably all prayed that prayer, right? Well, if you haven't prayed that prayer or you don't have children yet, you aspire to have children, you, you really need to, to, to listen to this morning's message. I mean, you need to listen to this morning's message if you have children, if you have grandchildren. Because quite honestly, I've learned uh, when, when the children empty the nest, you're still the father. James is like, yeah, brother, I'll testify. Listen, you're still the father. You know, I, I have more time just me and my wife to ourselves in the home now that we're empty nesters, but there's still times where the phone rings and you're looked down and you don't mean to all the time and you don't all the time, but when the phone rings, the first thing that pops in your head is, I wonder how much this phone call is going to cost me. <laughs> yeah, really? Really? You never stop being a father. Even when you die, what you left in your children still makes you their father. So let's look at Psalm 107 this morning and verse 1. Listen to what David says. He says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures for a short time. Is that what y'all's version says? No. It says, His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has, been, he has redeemed them from the hand of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west and the north and the south. Now some, David says, some wandered in, desolate, in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to the city where they could live. 
They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to the city where they could live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for, for the human race. He has satisfied, church satisfied, the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. Let's pray. Father, again, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Now, Lord, we pray that you would settle us right now. You'd open our minds, God, help us to, to have clarity of thought. Help us, Lord, that, that we can understand what's being preached and, and, Lord, the scripture that was just read. Lord, we pray that you'd bless it, that each one of us would know, know how good of a father you really are to us. We thank you, Lord. Help us this, right now, God, just to, just to settle ourselves and to pay attention in these short few minutes to hear a word from you. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, Amen. <clears throat> uh, the last part of the book of Psalms, Psalm 107 through 150, is called Thanksgivings for the Lord's Deliverance. Did God deliver you? Did God deliver you? Amen. Now, I understand something. I, I've never tried to hide it. I've told y'all, especially on Wednesday nights when we were going through Journey Through the Bible, what is my least favorite book in all the Bible? Psalms. Psalms. And it's not because there's not beautiful Psalms. There are some beautiful Psalms, but I, I, I don't like to hear David whine all the time. It seems like there's certain Psalms he's just whining and whining. It's like, man, David, come on. But from, from Psalm 107 to 150, we hear songs of deliverance. Now, remember church, congregation, those on Wednesday night, these psalms are actually what? Songs. Songs. Th these are songs that they sang to the Lord. I mean, some of these are ascension songs. When they were going to, to the Passover feast in Jer Jerusalem, as they ascended towards the Temple Mount, their songs of adulation would just grow higher and higher and higher. These are some beautiful Beautiful songs of deliverance. And if you are truly delivered, they ought to mean something to you. Amen? Amen? Now, th these psalms will give you a lot of instructions. They really will. Those of you who don't like contemporary music and you don't like guitars and, and you know, all these instruments up here, hey, listen, you have to tear out the last five psalms in the, in the book of Psalms because it talks about using stringed instruments and drums and all kind of trumpets and, and to give praise to the Lord. Uh, listen. We need, we need to give thanksgiving to the Lord. Amen? Why? Because we have been delivered. Now, what we're hearing in Psalm 107 this morning is words from a man who is glorifying God for who he is. King David knew who David was. I know who Kyle is. Mitch, you know who Mitch is. Tony, you know who Tony is. We all know who we are, and this morning we hear King David praising God because he knew who he was, what he had done, and how he had lived. He knew how God had saved him time and time again from trials and troubles, how God had saved him spiritually, and now it was time to stop whining and start shining. Amen? Can, can, I, can I testify this morning? There's a lot of men in our world today and the culture that we live in, all they do is whine. It, it seems like they, they, they ought to come with an instruction book and a pacifier. Really? And we're going to get into that here in a second. 
But we see David here this morning. He, he's, he's, he's stopped his whining, and now he's shining. It was time to point the point the, the one who point to the one who made him who he was. Church, it was time to be a man. That David, I, I really believe it understood. He, it was time to be a man. The title of this morning's message is this. Y'all ready? Fathers, be a man. Be a man. Fathers, be a man. Now, you know, that word, just like everything else, has culturally become relative. You, you go out and you do interviews with people walking up and down the street. Go to Walmart and you walk up with an intercom carrier and you say, excuse me, sir, can you tell me, what is a man? Tell me what you think a man is. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine what the answers would be? Can you? Now, see, my, my immediate response would be, because I'm standing in the Walmart parking lot, a man takes his buggy back. <laughs> right? But you would get a, 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 just a multitude of answers, different answers as to what a man is, especially if you ask certain people what a man is. So again, the title of this morning's message is Fathers Be a Man. Now, I truly hope that, that you can see how our culture ha has or is changing men today. Have you? Have you seen how our culture is changing men? Movements like the Me Too and other women's liberation have caused a rippled effects throughout the world and made changes in men that they don't even see coming. If you look back just 50 or 60 years at how men and women interacted with each other and then look at our culture today, there's a vast difference, church. Women have demanded to be equal to what men are for so long that we have lost direction as to what a man should be in our culture. Really? This past week I, I, I saw this something on social media, there was this uh, a, a women's shirt and it was advertising for, for all the, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love all genders. And at the bottom of it, Tony, it said, you can order this in women's and men's sizes. <laughs> you have to click one. Women's and men. why, why not, you know, transgender size? I mean, it, our, our culture is doing things to us that we really don't see taking place. Listen to me, church, because what I'm speaking on this morning, and I will, uh, will be beneficial to both men and women. I mean, it's a Father's Day message, but this will be beneficial to both men and women, both husbands and wives. Church, God created men to be men. That's deep theology right there, isn't it, buddy? God created men to be men. And if you need to self-identify which one you are, come talk to me after church and I'll help you out. God created men to be men. And he created women to guess what? Be women. God did not create man to be less of a man or women to be less women. We are, we are, we are to be what God created us to be all day, every day. Now, what we see happening every single day is men are being shamed for being men. Well, he's just, he, he's loaded with testosterone, isn't he? He just needs to calm himself down. 
right? For just being men. Just being men. Church, we have lost so much of being a man, of men being men and women being women. We have missed out on men wanting women to be more manly, and we have missed out on women wanting men to be less manly. Now, can I tell you just a few things we've lost culturally throughout the years? Men, we've missed it. Women, y'all missed it. Can I, can I tell you just a few things? Y'all might as well say, yes, sir, Brother Kyle, preach it, preach it, because I'm going to anyway. Listen to me. Something we've missed out on being men. When a woman walks into a room years ago, you know what men used to do? Stand up. Have any of y'all seen that happen lately? Any of you? Poppy, do you remember back in your generation when, you know, the guys were hanging around and a woman would walk into a room? I mean, you'd stand up and you'd show respect, right? Hey, that's part of being a man. It really is. And, and, and I don't know that that is not completely and totally lost. But it shouldn't be, right? God gave us men the insight and the sensuality to, to see something that's beautiful and take notice. Amen? Men are visually driven. And, and when a beautiful woman or a woman walks in, we need to take notice and honor them. Amen? Trey, that means when your wife comes home from work and you're sitting down there playing the game box, you don't do that, do you? When you're sitting there reading the sports and fishing magazine, you stand up. Recognize her entering the room. He's sitting there, ah, nah, that, that's gone. But there's something else. Have y'all have, have y'all noticed, like, like when I was dating Amy, I, drive, I, I drove a hot rod. I had a Mazda GLC station wagon, five speed. Yeah, you had to kind of hold the seat. But this is what I loved about the Mazda GLC station wagon. I, I love my truck, but my truck doesn't have this option, and it's newer. You know, on my truck, there is only one door that you can go to and open with the key and open it. Now, I used to have a key fob, but the key fob work doesn't work. It's 2004. That's understandable, right? So what that means is this. It doesn't matter where I go, where we go together. If we're in the truck, I cannot what? I can't open the door for Amy. Now, on the Mazda GLC station wagon, anytime we go somewhere, baby, I'm opening the door for you. Why do you do that? Because I want the world to see that I belong to her. She's mine. I'm going to honor her. I, 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 can, I want to do that. Or you, you just, that, that, that's the opposite of being a man. No, it's not. It's being a man. It's being, well, what are you talking about, Brother Kyle? Listen, Scripture says that God created one person for me. And there's no doubt in my mind that that one person is sitting on the front row. But there's something else we've missed. Pulling out their chair at the dinner table. P pulling out her chair. Jim, do they even teach that in the military anymore? Manners and respect and how to treat women? I mean, do they treat, do they, have they ever taught that in the military? Yeah. I, I'm just wondering. But listen, how about opening the door as you're walking in the door for your wife or your girl? Listen, opening the door and letting her walk in ahead of you. Brother Kyle, now you're crossing the line. Man, you meddling now. 
Hold on a second. What what are you talking about here? Listen, remember when I was speaking about the the open the door or your car door for your woman? How about this? Well, here's another one. Let her walk in ahead of you. Ahead of you. Now you've done it. What's this all about? What's this all about? Listen, Listen to this right here, church. Listen. It says, please, men, please teach your boys to be men before the world teaches them to be women. Men, teach your boys to be men before the world teaches them to be women. And not just men, but gentlemen. And not just gentlemen, but godly gentlemen. We've lost, we've lost it, guys. I don't know where it's going. I don't know how it, I don't know what year it transpired. Listen, you better treat Reagan the way she needs to be, like a gentleman, like a godly gentleman. You hear me? Men, what we've lost through time and culture of being men, a real man has taken a toll on the world today that you might not even recognize because you have never seen it. What we're talking about is being respectful. Being respectful. It seems like our culture today can only see one side or the other. They can't see a medium. It's being respectful. Well, Brother Kyle, I I don't have to give that kind of respect because I don't get it. Listen, church, listen to me. Guys, men, fathers, Somebody needs to be first. Right? I don't get that kind of respect, so I'm not going to give it. Somebody needs to be first. And let me just tell you, man, when you're the one, you are the ones in Scripture, that Scripture says you are to love your wives as Christ loves the church. Well, Brother Kyle, what's in it for me? What's in it for me for doing all this? Well, I just say try it for yourself. Try it and find out for yourself. Scripture says, listen, we're to put others before ourselves. And that other should be your wife more than anybody else. Your spouse, the one that God has given you. You should honor them like never before. Find out for yourself. The very best advice I can give to all generations from our culture and spiritual standpoint is to respect and love your wife. Respect your children's mother. Do you hear me? Respect your children's mother. Love her the way Jesus loves you. Your children need to see what you are de- that you are deeply in love with their mother. And that is what they will seek when they are seeking a spouse. I saw a video not long ago that really touched me. This man and woman, they had been married and they had two children. And they just couldn't work it out. They had tried and they had failed, and they tried again, and they had failed. And finally, the, the relationship ended with divorce. It was a messy thing. But this is what happened. Every Mother's Day, he still bought those children's mother a gift. On her birthday, at Christmas, why did he do that? They were still... Those children, that, that their mother was still their mother. 
He, he was honoring not necessarily the mother, but the children. He knew the children were watching. Fathers, we need to understand. We need to seek. We need to, we need to, to, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our children are watching us and how they see us love their mother is going to make all the difference in the world. Now, I, 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 my children aren't perfect because they're, they're preacher's kids. They're not. But I can tell you this, both of my boys, we've had sit-down conversations, and I, I've told them point blank, and guys, husbands, fathers, dads, you need to do this too. You're my boys, and the girls that you're dating are your girlfriends. One day they might be your wife. But I want you to understand something. If you ever think that you're manly enough to lay hands on the girls that you're with, if you ever touch them or hit them or harm them, I want you to understand something. Daddy's going to come and tan your hide. I'm going to go to the woodshed, Poppy, and I'm going to have a, a, a shovel. And I'm going to cut the shovel end off, and I'm just going to have a shovel handle. Okay? And I'm going to get some tape, and I'm going to tape it around where I can get a good grip. Really? And then I'm going to go visit my boys. Now, I know I can take one of them, Tony, but the other one I'm not sure of. I'm not sure. And I'm going to wear them out until somebody comes. Why, why, why are you going? To, it is my, listen, it is my responsibility as a dad to not only show my children how to love, but it is also my job as a dad to discipline my children when they go wrong. What we see happening in our culture today is, is our children going crazy because they have no boundaries. They have no limits. They don't have any accountability to anybody. They've never seen what real love is, and they've never been taught what real discipline is. And men, that's your job. That's your job. Well, I, I, want, I want my babies to love me the way they love their mama. That ain't ever going to happen. That ain't ever going to happen. I'll prove it to you. Listen, on Mother's Day, every restaurant in Savannah from, from Cary Hilliards to, to the, the steakhouse on Abercorn was slam-packed full. Today, McDonald's and Burger King is going to be full. <laughs> Bill, am I lying? Don't say anything, son. Don't say What is our scripture Tell us about being a man. Brother Kyle, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say, well, I'm going to show you. What did our scripture tell us about being a man? Verse 1 through 3 tell men to seek God for who he is now. Do not wait. And when God redeems you, proclaim to the world. Look at verse 1. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the hand of the foe. What does this mean? If, if God has really redeemed you, if he has saved your soul, at some point in time in your existence, the bells need to start ringing. The, the, the flags need to go up. The signs need to be perfectly clear and you understand exactly is what it is that God saved you from. He saved you from an eternity of hell and damnation that you self-imposed on yourself. 
At some point in time, there has got to be a point in time where there's a reckoning within yourself and you realize how good God is, Butch. And you've got to tell the world. Listen, this scripture says, let the redeemed of the world rejoice. Rejoice in what? In your salvation of how good God is, how he never gave up on you. Everybody gave up on you, but God never did. Let the redeemed rejoice and proclaim that he has redeemed from the hand of his foe. Verse 4 through 9 tell us of another type of person who finds God. Now, the, the, the first group, one and two, they, they saw God. They sought God. God sought them. And they, listen, they, they, they proclaimed God's goodness. But there's, there's another group. There's another group. Look at verse 4. It says, Some wandered in the desolate wilderness. Y'all know any of them? You might have been one of them. It said, some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to the city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. Y'all ever been there? You ever found your, your, yourself in that place? Verse 6 says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He fed them. He, he led them by the right path to go to the city where they could live. Let them, let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works. For his human race. For he has, listen church, listen. He has satisfied I believe that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians in our church today. You ain't, you're not satisfied in God. You're not. God is not enough. I, I don't understand that. Somebody explain. God is not enough. What he's done to prove himself is not enough. It says, for he, he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. This is the second group. Fathers, men... We need to be observant of things that are taking place around us. We need to know that, that when circumstances arise, like we just saw in verse 4 through 9, that it may not be have been created by the hand of God to hurt us, but God certainly allowed it to, for us to walk through those circumstances to teach us a lesson of faith. Of faith. Fathers, can I tell you, that the world needs to see from us what, what, what our spouses need to see from us and our children truly need to see from us. Look at verse 8 again. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for the human race. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. He needs to see I, this generation needs to see us satisfied. I told you, I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. I really don't. We need to be satisfied in God, amen? We need to be satisfied in who Jesus is, amen? What our families in the world need to see right now is the way that we glorify God 
Church, David, who was a man after God's own heart, he did this. He put God first. Is God first in your life? God's first. Do you know who's second in my life? God's first. Who's second? Not my children. I love my children. Well, you need to provide for your children. I'm going to provide for my children. But the best way I can provide for my children is making my wife number two. Y'all know who's three? Then my children. My children are never equal to my wife. Nope. If she's in a car wreck and one of the kids are in a car wreck, guess where I go first? Well, that sounds terrible. No, I, I, that's, that's priorities. God, wife, children, y'all know who's fourth? No, grandbaby's right there with mama. <laughs> my church family. My church, I don't like being number four. You better be glad you're on the list at all. <laughs> some of you, some of you. Church, five times in Psalm 107, David paints a picture of different people and people groups who are in different circumstances, and when they find themselves lost and alone, weary and desolate, they cry out to the Lord. The Lord always, he always, Bill, he always, never was a time that he did not answer them. He answered them every single time, and he answered them with salvation. Six times we see men, after finding this salvation, giving thanks and worship to the Lord. Six times, all six circumstances, these men gave thanks and, and worshiped the Lord in Psalm 107. Church, this generation needs to see men, men of God, men of salvation, worshiping the Lord with tears, hot tears in their eyes, knowing all God has and continues to do for them. That they need to see our hands lifted in praise to Jesus our Lord. We, we need to raise our hands. Don't be afraid to raise your hands when, when the Holy Spirit stirs your heart during, during an invitation or listen, even in the preaching. Do it. I'm not going to stop you. Well, what does that mean, brother? What, what does that mean? Jim on the battlefield, when, when the battle is raging and one side overtakes the other side and the other side that's overtaken lifts their hands. What does that mean? Surrender. Surrender. Raise your hands and worship the Lord, man. Do you know what it's telling your wife? Do you know what it's telling your children? You know what it's telling the culture in this generation? That you are surrendering. Well, men ought not to surrender to only one thing, and that's to God. When you raise your hand to God and worship, you just can't. You just can't. You've got to. You've got to. You're telling the world and God that I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender. I wonder what the world would be like if all the godly men in every church around the world today would surrender. Surrender to God. Surrender. Surrender to God. Scholar in Southern Baptist John Phillips says this about the content in Psalm 107. He says, The Lord deserves our praise. The Lord deserves 
our praise. There's not much that we can give God. Did y'all know that? What can you give the Father who has everything? There's not much we can give God. He doesn't need our money. He'll use it if we'll give it to him. And he'll reward us in heaven for our faithful stewardship. But he does not need our money. Listen, he could create gold bars out of black sand if he wished. God does not need our service, Philip says. He has countless angels, far and strong, swifter and superior to us. What is it that God our Father wants from all of us here today? Phillips asks, he says, God wants our praise and our thanks. In other words, God wants our worship. Fathers, be a man. How do you really need to be a man from a scriptural standpoint? Worship God. Not only in mouth, not even in word, but in action. Worship God. Worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's hard for me to believe that you, listen, you, you say that you, you, you're attached and you belong to the, but you, 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 you can't let go of him and just worship God. Worship him. Really worship him. Church, on this day, Father's Day, will you come down to this altar and worship our living Savior. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. There's things that we've gotten away with from our early, uh, earthly daddies that they don't know, but God, you know everything. You know, every, you know who we are, and you still love us. Help us to worship you right now during this time of invitation. Lord, if there's somebody here who does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray that they'll, give, they'll come down this aisle and let me show them what Scripture says every man must do to be born again. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. As the music starts, will you come? Just spend some time in worship this morning at the altar with our Lord. Will you come?